the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Uh, remarkable. That's my key word for today. Remarkable. This broadcast is going to be something you're going to be want to going to want to be checking this in the archives periodically because of the content. Uh, This is a special two-hour broadcast and haven't done one like this. It's called a panel discussion. Our topic is solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with our father. Kaz Taylor here. Let me me introduce our panel of teachers and ministers and mighty men of God, and uh, then we'll jump on into this because we've got a lot of stuff to cover in, in a little, only a small amount of time, two hours. Can you believe that? <laughs> Rabbi Joel uh, Lieberman, uh, Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Hey, Joel. Shalom, shalom, Kaz. <laughs> Great to be with you tonight. Indeed. And Reverend Earl Clamp at Simple Truth Ministries. Good evening, Kaz. Yes, 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 yes. And one of my favorite people in the universe, Reverend Wayne Clark, his dwelling place. Good to be here. And my brand new great friend, Pastor Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua Hamashiach. Shabbat shalom, <laughs> Indeed. Okay, Earl, we want you to start out, and we want you to kind of give a premise for this two-hour broadcast. Where are we going, and what's your insight as we launch in? My listening friend, what's going to happen is we're going to introduce individual uh, panel members, but at the close of each segment, we're going to try to have time to have each one give a, a moment or two of insights on what we've discussed. Earl Clampett. Thank you, Cass. Um, I was given the assignment of doing, like in a courtroom setting, an opening statement to hopefully present what evidence is going to be presented um, in this case this evening. And then, and also the case to, is? Well, the case is basically solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with our Father, with the emphasis being our Father. Yes. And so um, I want to ask you a question, Cass. I want you to picture when you were back in high school and um, there was PE or maybe um, sports, uh, like in the spring, you were on the track team. Have you ever had um, a situation where you looked at the quarter mile uh, track in a circle and um, picture yourself in a race and the, uh, the end of the target, the goal, is um, a yellow tape? And you yes. know where that, where that ends. Now, picture yourself as you're right, running around this quarter-mile track that there were two lines in the sand, but it was just drawn by somebody, and you weren't quite sure, but it was drawn in the dirt, okay? But there's a yellow tape at the end um, of the race. Now, picture a lot of people in the crowd cheering you on. Yes. And they basically uh, are watching you engage in this race, and at the th- first line, about a third of the way, you stop at that first line in the dirt, and you just stop. 
You've watched, you've watched me run, haven't you? <laughs> Everybody else continues, but you stopped. Now, what would the reaction to the crowd be if they saw you and you didn't complete and go all the way around the track to where the yellow tape is? And so let's say you realized, oh, my goodness, I need to keep going. And so you went to the next line about two-thirds of the way down the track, and there's another line in the dirt, and you yeah. stop there, but it's still not the yellow tape. What would the reaction in the crowd they wouldn't, be? They wouldn't be happy unless they, they had bid on somebody else, and they'd be thrilled, I guess. And they would be yelling and encouraging <laughs> go, you. Go, say, go, go, Exactly. Don't stop. That's right. All right. So what tonight is all about is um, why we in our Gentile churches have stopped short of the biblical goal of reaching the Father. Let me give you an example. John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the... And everyone in Gentile land thinks heaven. <laughs> yeah. um, and I used to play that trick when I was um, a chaplain in the jails, and I would read that verse quickly and incorrectly. And I had 45 guys in the room looking at the Bible at the same time, and I would go very quickly, and I'd say, all right, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to heaven but by me, and I closed the Bible. Uh-huh. And everyone was nodding. Mm-hmm. And it took about two or three minutes before somebody noticed, wait a minute. My Bible doesn't say no one gets to heaven but by me. That's good. Right. And so I, I said, well, my Bible says heaven. I went back to show him my Bible. And he says, chaplain, your Bible doesn't say heaven. Your Bible says the same as mine. No one gets to the Father. So I asked him a question, and I said, um, what difference does it make if the goal is a person, the Father, versus the place or oh, a place? Good. And so he thought about it, and I said, would it make any difference in your life on how you live when you get out of this jail if you know that the goal is a person versus just going to a place? And he, about three minutes, answered the question. It took him a while, and he said, actually, you know, I'd live my life very, very differently. And I said, why is that? Why don't you explain to everybody in the room? And he says, well, if I just have to repeat some doctrine at a you know, at a big tent rally, you know, evangelical, uh, what, what I believe doctrinally, I mean, I get my ticket and I'm going to a place mm-hmm. and it's over with. But if, if the goal is a person like a, my father, as Jesus described it in John fourteen six, well, then that means I have to give an actual accounting of how I lived my life and the decisions I made in every step in the, of my life, my life's journey. So my understanding, you're right, uh, Earl, you're saying that it, this is a race, okay, but it's not a race to a, a finish line, it's a race to a person, the personage of, of, of God and, and his son, Jesus Christ. Exactly. And this whole topic tonight, we're going to present evidence why that is germane, because we are members of a family, and we are members of a family. That's what Romans 8, uh, 14 through 17 tells us. And we're all children. And what we're children of the same father. And we're going to talk about what fathers do as far as roles as opposed to other people in the family. Let me give you an example. The most important word, I think, in the Scripture uh, is the word our in the word our father. Mm-hmm. O-U-R. O-U-R. Yes. And the reason is, is because who's teaching us that prayer? It's Yeshua. It's Jesus who's teaching us that prayer. And in a family sense, if somebody comes up to me, if Jesus comes up, Yeshua comes to me and says, I'm going to teach you how to pray, and this is how you do it. And he starts off with the first two words saying, our Father. What does that make Yeshua to me to, in the family sense? Yeah, well, you're, you're a member of this family but what who see him me? as the Father. What is he to me? He's, he's my, your. He's my older brother. 
Okay, I got you. He's not my father. He's my older brother. Older brothers have different roles in the family, separate and apart from fathers. I'm just gonna. The evidence will show tonight that the fathers give us provision, the fathers give us protection, and fathers give us identity. Things that are very different from other members of the family. My listening friend, we're talking. That's great, Earl. That's fantastic. My friends, we're sol- we're endeavoring to give our insights to help solve the mystery of one new man. Uh, actually, by connecting with our Father. You know, you can find this in Ephesians, uh, talking about uh, the, chapter 2, about the, there's a petition between us, and God wants to separate that wall or petition uh, so that we are as one new man collectively. Now, we've got a minute or so left in this in this uh, first segment, so I'm going to just kind of go around the panel, and if you have a, a very brief insight, uh, uh, give it, uh, Earl, excellent setup here for what we're going to be doing. Rabbi Joel? Yes, Kaz, you referred to it in Ephesians chapter 2 when Paul or Shaul said, So then in verse 19, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. On the contrary, you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's family. Moving over to chapter 3, that in union with him and the good news, the Gentiles were made joint heirs, a joint body and joint sharers with the Jews and what God has promised. So there's the family. The yes. family's supposed to come together. So I appreciate you saying that, Earl. Yeah, so we've got a family, and we're going to find out as we go through this show that the family not only includes, um, um, uh, you know, every tribe and nation. It's not only the Jew, but also within the Gentiles. It's a multifaceted Gentile group, everybody but the Jews, I guess you could possibly say, all merged together into this one new man. Uh, Reverend uh, Wayne Clark, any quick insights here? Yeah, the uh, my experience. In, in lots of seminars that we have done is uh, most people have issues with their dad. Yeah. And whether you and I like it or not, how we relate to our earthly father affects how we relate to our heavenly father. And so we got to fix our earthly relationship, but we also have to fix the one we have with our father too. Yeah, and we can under and we can comprehend that it would have been easier to comprehend our spiritual, uh, supernatural father if we had had good father son or father child relationship. But uh, God wants to heal that as well. Okay, let's uh, have our other member of uh, this panel, uh, Pastor uh, Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua Hamashiach. What do you have you heard so far? Uh, Kaz, in Scripture, there are many different names used to describe Yehovah. Uh, while all the names of Yehovah are important in many ways. The name Abba Father is one of the most significant names of Jehovah in understanding how he relates to people. So our relationship, you know, there's religion and there's relationship. I like to call it the double R, <laughs> Rolls Royce. There's religion, there's relationship. There's a lot of religious people, but it's kind of like the narrow gate sure. and the wide gate. Many find the wide, religious. <laughs> Few find the narrow relation. That's very good. And my listening friend, you will look around and you see people who have uh, religion. They have religion and they will speak uh, voluminously about their religion. But the, you can tell that the truth of a person is if they have that intimate relationship. And that's where we're going here today as we solve, help solve. I'm, we never will solve it ourselves singularly, but collectively we're going to get some insights on this, the mystery of one new man and how connecting with the Father plays a key role. This panel has just begun. Stay with us. I know you're sensing this is going to be more and more exciting, and you are absolutely right. My listening friend, my entire panel, Earl uh, Clampett, uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman, uh, Wayne Clark, and Dennis Hodges, and some surprise guests. We will all be right back.
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And I hope you're ready for a remarkable panel. Uh, we're going to talk about the, myst- the solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with the Father Kaz here. Uh, panel members Earl Clampett, uh, Simple Truth Ministries, uh, Rabbi Joel uh, Lieberman of Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation, Reverend Wayne Clark of His Dwelling Place, and Pastor Dennis Hodges of Church of Yeshua HaMashiach. And uh, we're going to tackle this mystery of one new man in a remarkable way, looking at... Uh, Father God's plans to bring union between the Jew and the Gentile. It's not just a, a one person. How could, you know, it's a, a many-membered body of Christ. And uh, I'm going to have uh, uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation jump on in and take this segment. Rabbi? Well, thanks, Kaz. Uh, let me run with this for a few minutes. I believe that as we attempt to tackle this wonderful unity, as you mentioned, between Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers, we find ourselves, interestingly enough, in a space where our understanding of areas such as the Sinai Covenant or Torah and its fulfillment by Yeshua, Jesus, and what that meant and the place of Israel and covenants and so on can be quite different from us as the Messianic Jewish community from the Christian community. Yes, we Gentiles don't quite get some of that. Well, and more often than we care to admit, there is a model here out there that relegates these things to a place of indifference or obsolescence, almost really an anti-caring attitude. And history tells us really, Kaz, by the 3rd or 4th century CE, that if a follower of the Messiah observed any of these things, the Sabbath or Torah or dietary laws, they were somehow doing, denying the work of the Messiah. And this is part of that model, which I humbly want to submit to your audience tonight, is a flawed model. Mm. Now, although oversimplified to make a point here tonight, I wanted to encourage your listeners that this model that we've been taught often goes like this. Step one, God creates. Step two, sin comes in. Step three, Yeshua, or Jesus came and paid the price for sin. And step four, the end. <laughs> it's like Earl was talking about in there's the first a lot segment. missing in that there's model a, there's man. a lot more to the race to, ha- to happen just where's that we Abraham? too early where's Isaac where's Jacob <laughs> exactly something went wrong this is not the entirety of God's plan and and so yes this takes care of a lot of a lot of a lot uh, takes care of a lot of problems for sure but what about the rest of God's entire plan there's so much more to it and so I like to view uh, history and I'm I'm submitting this to your listeners tonight in terms of both a foreground and a background The foreground is the main part that you see. The background is the stuff that's there, right? But you don't see it so much. It's at a distance. You don't focus on the background. It brings flavor. It brings ambiance. But you focus on the foreground. And forgive me, but in large part, the body of believers at large looks through biblical history uh, with the foreground of God creating the fall and then Jesus. And over the past 1,800 years, that's the way it's been viewed, this whole historical narrative. Messiah followers have decided that the foreground they've determined is sin. And then comes the Messiah to deal with sin, but that everything else in between includes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, covenants, Torah, God's working is in the days of the prophets, the exile and the restoration of the promises in the Tanakh spoken by the prophets. All that stuff is background. And so you can find the sources when you read the church fathers, Irenaeus, Tertullian, Justin Martyr, Martin Luther, Thomas Aquinas in the 1600s, writings which all say the same thing, unfortunately. Their priority is sin and Jesus dealing with sin, and then we're all heaven-bound with eternal life. Mm-hmm. But my friends, when you look at the scriptures apart from this traditional model, you'll find something that's quite different. Our Heavenly Father said that through the election of Abraham and his seed, that he would make a people that would be a blessing to the entire world. 
In other words, without Abraham, you wouldn't even have a Messiah. Yes. Without Isaac, no. Jacob, no. King David, no. Kaz, you don't get to Yeshua. You don't get to Jesus without all of them. And yet large segments of the body of believers have said all that stuff is all those individuals are background. And what they imply and often state is that Yeshua's coming is the only item of importance. They say that once Yeshua came, Jesus came, did his work to defeat sin, all of Torah, all of Israel, the prophets, the covenants, that's obsolete. That's not needed in God's economy anymore. Why? Because we've got the church, which is, catch this, the new Israel. So now the church has moved from an, anti, from an indifference attitude to really an anti-position. And that's where you get this concept out there of replacement theology. Yeah, and that's so subtle, isn't it, Rabbi? Such so a subtle, subtle doctrine. God doesn't need this. It states that God doesn't need the Jewish people anymore. And in fact, not only does God, did he discard them, but he replaced them with us. But Cass, here's the point. When you read God's word, you open it up without bias, you'll see that God's foreground is Israel and his covenants with Israel. Why? (laughs) Because the Father's covenant with Israel shows his entire nature. The Father's desire for his Jewish people was for us to be a blessing. We know that the Gentile nations had a choice to bless Israel or to not bless Israel. Mm -hmm. What happens when they blessed Israel? Guess what happened? What happened to Pharaoh who blessed Joseph? He got blessed, right? What happened when he cursed Joseph? Not good news. He got (laughs) cursed. The nations who blessed Moses were blessed. Those who cursed Moses cursed. The same thing happened all through David and the prophets. And when we read through the Tanakh, the Old Testament scriptures, the world actually revolved around Israel. It revolved around their relationship with Israel. You know, when you look at Nebuchadnezzar, the guy was a creep, but God said he was his servant, right? Why? Because he used Nebuchadnezzar to teach Israel a lesson. Mm -hmm. Look at King Cyrus in scriptures. God used him to bring our people back from exile. In fact, God used all the Gentile nations because Israel was to be as the chosen, the small example of God's fidelity, his love, and his faithfulness of his very nature. Israel was to keep herself separate. They were to keep themselves distinct from other nations. Why? To show the nations what holiness was all about. The nations could then say, yes, okay, we see you, Israel. We can tell you're you're, you're eating kosher. You're resting on the Sabbath, etc. And with that, Israel's witness would be such a good witness that the Gentile nations would see that Israel was blessed by God and that he was alive in her. How many of you remember uh, on this panel, Rahab, right? She heard about these Israelites, that God was with them. What is the book of Daniel all about? It's showing Nebuchadnezzar that God is with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a crazy statement, but I believe it's true. It's not so much that because of sin that we have a Messiah, It's because we have an Abraham that we have a Messiah. You see, God was faithful to his prophetic word. God said, whatever happens, I'll take care of sin. Mm -hmm. Sin is the background, my friends. And getting rid of sin isn't the end of the story. But most believers today think that getting rid of sin is the end of the story. But in reality, God already took care of that. Sin is the background. It's not the foreground. The foreground is what all God has done through prophetic history. And then comes Jesus, Yeshua, who takes care of sin, takes care of death itself. The problem that remains is that our Jewish people today say, well, if Jesus, if this Yeshua was the Messiah, and he took care of all these things, as you say, Joel, why aren't we in the Messianic age? Mm. So I wanted to submit that to your listeners. Well, that's so good. And one of the things, uh, Rabbi Joel, that I was thinking when you were talking about that, you know, in the Gentile church, we go, oh, that we could uh, relive the book of Acts chapter two church environment. And we are short-sighted, so short-sighted, we don't realize that that 
church environment included Jew, Gentile, all the tribes and nations from all over. Remember when that, when uh, book of Acts chapter two happened, they were from people from all over the place and they were experiencing God's spirit. So when we're looking for this uh, Acts chapter two church, it it has to be a one new man mentality. Jew and Gentile is one new man. We came into this thing (laughs) together and that's how we're leaving this. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to have the panel, uh, uh, you know, Jump on in as well. Uh, Earl Clampett, uh, Simple Truth Ministries, your thoughts. I'm listening to Rabbi Joel, and I'm thinking Scripture was written 66 books by at least 39 out of the 40 authors were Hebrew. At least 39. Rabbi Joel says it's 40 out of 40 because Luke was a physician, and therefore <laughs> he, they claim him. But that's fine. <laughs> but the point is we have one book, not two. Yes. Okay, and it's one continuous story from beginning to end. It's a Hebrew story with a Hebrew message. My friend, I hope you're getting something out of this. This is remarkable. The whole idea of one new man is just not a phrase. There's some depth to this. Uh, Reverend uh, Wayne Clark, his dwelling place, insights? Yeah, I, I really like this concept of foreground versus background. Yes. It's the background is there whether you know it or not, so don't ignore it. <laughs> I like that. And let's, let's have uh, Pastor Dennis Hodges. I like how how uh, Rabbi Lieberman, Rabbi Joel, uh, with passion, uh, presented this because he knows it to be true. And what happens is a lot of times, even behind pulpits, you hear a word, but the person that's bringing the word don't believe that it's true themselves. So how can the person who's sitting to hear the word gather that 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 truth to to make it applicable to their life? Yes. Uh, I, I, I do know this, uh, with, without, you know, God doesn't make Jehovah. I like calling him by his name. Jehovah doesn't make any mistakes and nothing happens by coincidence. That's why we're here right now tonight, uh, based on his directives. And it's not by coincidence that we're here. You know, we're Rabbi Jewel, what I'm going to thank you very much, my brother. Well, I'm going to have spend about 30 seconds giving us, giving us as a rabbi from the, uh, Messianic Jewish perspective, speak into this uh, for we Gentiles. Uh, declare something, and I'll, then we'll, we'll go to the next segment. Well, I'm going to declare what John declared in John chapter 10. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me. Also, I have other sheep which are not from this pen. I need to bring them, and they will hear my voice, and there will, here's the key, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Wow, one flock, one shepherd. You know, my friends, uh, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have desired to have intimate relationship from, with us from the very beginning. This one new man, that's his strategy to bring us together. As, you know, Adam had this relationship. Now, a many-membered uh, last Adam, Jesus Christ, through his body, the body of Christ, this one new man are coming together so that God can have that intimate relationship with us, but we have to comprehend his plans to make this happen. We're going to dig more deeply into this, and we're going to bring some of our other uh, panel members in to share their uh, insights uh, in particular, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to um, our next segment uh, as we have uh, uh, Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach help us see uh, Father God's plans more clearly, how he plans to bring us together as one new man. Is this not exciting, my friend? You're going to be wanting to listen to this over and over again. But don't worry, because this topic of uh, solving the mystery of one new man will be right back. 
You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And we're back. Boy, oh boy, what an amazing panel. What an amazing topic. Solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with our Father. We know, my friends, that God is love. So we know that in this equation of solving this mystery, love uh, must play a key role in this. And uh, we're going to have one of our favorite people in the universe, uh, Pastor Dennis Hodges, Church of Yeshua HaMashiach, give some insights on this kind of love. So uh, I'm going to give most of the platform for this segment to you, Pastor Dennis. So what do you got for us as we discover the mystery of one new man by connecting with our Father? Okay, Kaz. Uh, you know, the, the Bible reminds us in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, as I uh, uh, read from it, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of Jehovah, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what will be uh, has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This passage begins with a command to see. That's good to see. John wants us to observe the manifestations of the father's love. He has introduced the subject of Jehovah's love in the preceding chapter in first John two, verse five and, and, and verse 15. He briefly discussed it and he says, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of Jehovah is perfected by, by this, we may know that we are in him. So first John's purpose is to describe the kind of love that Abba Av, Abba Father gives us as his children. Okay, so let me let me make sure that I'm tracking so our listeners can track. So, so we want to make sure that we are in him, but when we realize that we're in him, all of a sudden we look around, there's other people in him as well, yes. and that's that one new man. That's that one new man, <laughs> exactly. Like that's that. If you cut me, I bleed red. If I cut you, you bleed red too. I like we, it. We one new man, yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, so that that's the purpose. Now, if you read uh, Psalms 86 and 10, it says, For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are Jehovah. When I say Jehovah, I'm saying his name. Uh, God is his title. So I say Jehovah, Yahweh, yod heh vav Yah. But he says, For you are Gadol. Gadol. Gadol is the Hebrew word great and yes. perform wonders. You are alone, Jehovah. So the Greek word uh, translated what great is found only six times in the Berit Hadashah, the New Testament. 
and always implies astonishment and admiration. Well, what is interesting to note here is that Yochanan, as that's Hebrew for John, he does not say the father loves us in doing so. He would be describing a condition. Instead, Cass, he tells us that the father has lavished his love on us. And, and this in turn portrays an action and the extent of Jehovah's love. Yes, but it also talks about us. It's not a you. I mean, it's a collective us. Yes. And there, and there is, there, there's the one new man again. Yes, there's that one new man. <laughs> that one new man mysteriously pops up continually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's meant to be. It's, it's, it's meant to be. Um, it, 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 it's also interesting to note that John has chosen the word father purposely. That word implies the father-child relationship. Oh, I like it. Yeah, the father-child relationship. However, Jehovah did not become father when he adopted us as children. Jehovah's fatherhood is eternal. Yes. It's eternal. And, and he is eternally the father of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And through Yeshua, he is our father. So through Yeshua, we receive the father's love, and we are called that one new man, children of Jehovah. Wow. And, and, and also now, 1 John 3 reminds us about how great Jehovah's love really is. We could ask the question, how great is it? It is so great, says John, that we actually are called the children of Jehovah. Wow. That one new man. Yes. Again. Yes. And, and, and the children is the, is, it's the implication there is we're, it's a family. I mean, children are in a family environment, and all of a sudden, when you realize that God sees each one of us as his children, we have to realize we are part of the overall family of God, and uh, when we all join together, we become this one new entity collectively together known as... Our one new man. <laughs> but I believe Sly Stone said that it's a family affair. <laughs> it's a family affair. It is indeed. Yeah, we are family to Jehovah. We are Jehovah's sons and his daughters, and we belong to his bloodline, his heritage. We are his heirs. We, with, with sonship and daughtership comes family blessings and promises that go with this royal family. Yes, and I think the Gentile church uh, has to come along with the revelation that it's not just going to be we Gentiles in this. It's every tribe, every kingdom, every nation, every tongue. I mean, so when you realize that all, you you talked about we children or you children, it's a collective thing. I mean, it changes our way of thinking about uh, having relationships horizontally beyond denominational lines, doesn't it? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. You know, I, I post Bible studies on Facebook. And I open up, I might say Bokatav, meaning good morning, uh, my father's children and my father's creation. Because everybody's not his child. Oh, that's true. You got to give your life to Yeshua HaMashiach because there's only one way to get to the father, and that's through Yeshua. Yeah. There again is that one new man. Uh, uh, we, 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 we are sons and daughters to the Melech Shemelechim. That's Hebrew for the king of kings. Wow. Yes, yes. And Go ahead. Well, I'm I, I, I'm stepping back. I'm looking into this big picture. This one new man is not just a passive phrase. I mean, th- this is the, the the truth of the intimacy of God is really tied to us becoming this one new man or having so many uh, identifying the common denominators with one another. And I mean, Paul talks about the different members of the body of Christ: the hand, the, the ear, the nose, the foot, and so forth, like that. The, uh, collectively, each one of us has a, a piece of the puzzle: Jew and Gentile, every tribe, nation, everybody. Uh, that believes in Jesus has a piece of the puzzle so we can collectively be this entity whom God wants us uh, wants to love on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, 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 he, but he uses us um, 
in different ways. You yes. know, all roses don't bloom at the same time. <laughs> so so he uses us differently. Uh, I, I remember growing up in Chicago, you know, I, I had a, a, a background that I, I was raised in a good neighborhood. However, I chose to go hang in the projects. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so you, you choose what you do. You choose what you do in life. And as we choose to be a son of Adonai Shel Elonim, the Lord of Lords, or son of the great I am, or son of the creator of the Olam, of the universe, uh, the son of the Alpha and the Omega, and all the other royal titles that go with daddy, when you choose <laughs> to be with him, you've made the right choice. Oh, and, my, and my prayer is for those who are listening right now that they would make that choice. If they haven't, all you got to do is go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11. If you confess with your mouth oh, and so believe good. in your heart that Jehovah raised Yeshua from the dead, <laughs> you shall be saved. You know, Pastor Dennis, it's remarkable when you talk about that because it, it occurs to me as you, as you relate this that we don't all have to be automatons. We don't have to be exactly the same, you know, stamps, uh, uh, the stamped out version of the Father. Each one of us, in fact, God's directive is to bring us so, so we can identify who we are individually and then collectively look out. The body of Christ is pretty awesome, huh? Yes, it is. We, we have often ourselves forgotten who we are when we become the recipients of his divine love and forgiveness. Ooh. Yes, yes, yes. John reminds us that we become the children of Almighty God. And wow, what an honor that is to be his child, the one who put all of this in place, <laughs> the one who put the signs, you know, you know, when we see the sun and the moon and the stars, yeah. that's not mainly for the light. Those are signs. Signs, oh yeah. Those are signs for, for signs us to seasons. know the seasons. Yes, yes, the yes. The Moedim, <laughs> the appointed times. <laughs> yes, Oh yes, man, yes. My, my listening friend, I hope you're getting excited. It's easy to get excited when you, you listen to Dennis Hodges. He, 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 let's just say he's not uh, a passive speaker. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to bring in the panel in the next moment or so to get some insights on this. I mean, this is remarkable. Uh, by con- understanding his love, it helps us understand how he wants us to be a family. That's so right. l- l- let me bring uh, Reverend Wayne Clark of his dwelling place in. What did you sense as uh, uh, um, Dennis Hodges was speaking? Well, I get excited when I hear him speak because I, I want to be connected, and he gives me a way to do it. He uh-huh. helps me understand yeah. how to make that happen. Yes, yes, yes. Earl Clampett? My takeaway, my takeaway for this, uh, Kaz, is that the most important thing uh, for us is identity that we get from our father as members of his family. Yeah. In other words, that identity uh, linkage takes care of so many attacks of the enemy against us. It removes confusion, it removes doubt, and it removes everything that seems to be involved in the pop culture of today. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that happens, I'm going to direct this last part of it to uh, Rabbi Joel, is we Gentiles, we need to change our mindset about what this body of the one new man looks like, especially as it relates to the Jew. Uh, so, Rabbi, insights on uh, what what uh, we heard from Dennis. Major insight here from Dennis. And he'll thank me after the program's <laughs> over. But I got the title for your next book, for your first book. Yeah. From the Projects to the Palace. There it is. 
Checks in the mail. Yeah. I love good preaching. I was amening over here. I'm just saying. Yeah. I love to hear it. Now, remember, I hung in the projects. I wasn't from the projects. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that doesn't work with the title then, so now I've got to go back to this term. Okay, so we're going to have a major rewrite during the commercial break, my listening friend. But, you know, one of the things, the themes that we're hearing throughout this, this time together is the Father's love. We need to really comprehend what the Father's love is. And a lot of us in the church, we were remiss because we really never experienced our own natural Father's love. And so we're going to spend some time in the next segment with uh, Wayne Clark uh, of his dwelling place talking about father's love. And because he is identified uh, as one of the fathers in San Diego County, he's going to give you some insights on what father's love means that you perhaps have not experienced in the natural father, but the supernatural father is waiting with open arms. We're going to be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Ladies and gentlemen, we're dealing with solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with our father, uh, connecting with our father as a key component in understanding this one new man strategy. One of the challenges that many of us have is uh, we never really saw a true picture of God's intent for the father because some fathers have abandoned some of us and some fathers have been uh, something other than father material for us. And so we thought it would be remarkable to do this segment with a guy who has been identified as many as one of the fathers in San Diego County, a military guy. I, I can remember years ago when uh, he and his wife uh, were involved, were in in uh, the the Navy and used to go to his house and all of a sudden there's, a, you know, dozens of kids meandering around because among many things, uh, Wayne and Chris Clark were the father and mother of these people supernaturally speaking. So uh, Reverend Commander, I, I like to call him Reverend Commander, my special name for him, Wayne Clark, uh, uh, I'd love to have you give some insights on fatherhood, and we're going to connect this not only with natu- natural fatherhood, but also the spiritual aspect, Wayne Clark. Thank you, Kaz. Glad to be here. Uh, as Kaz mentioned, uh, I've got a Navy background. I was a commanding officer of a submarine. I'm kind of a technical guy. Yeah. And so when it comes to Bible stuff and theology, my first question is, what does that look like in my life? And it's not so much what the words are, but how do I manifest that? And uh, early on, I became interested in this father thing. I had to receive this assignment from the Bible to be a father to the fatherless. Yes. And I said, I'm not sure I know how to be a father to my own kids, let alone uh, the yeah. fatherless. Yeah. So I started looking in this real hard. And one of the things I learned on the way is that fathers, earthly fathers, pro- provide provision, protection, and identity. Provision, protection, and identity it, to instill it, that into the, to the their children. kids. That's part of your job and part of what you're doing. And in order to kind of understand that, I said, well, how does God do that to me. Wow. You know, I understand Jesus. I understand the Holy Spirit. And I'm just trying to make this God connection. And I was uh, led to the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, early on, he's uh, chapter nine. He's goes to the throne room of God and he's praying and so forth. And then on later on in chapter nine, he understands from a hearing from God that the 70-year captivity is almost over. Mm -hmm. He understands what Jeremiah was prophesying 
prophesying. So he, Daniel, says, I want to pray about this. So I'm going to go to God and pray about the return of what's going on. And he started repenting for all the things that were done in Israel, the idols they raised and the sin and all these things. And I'm sitting there thinking, Daniel didn't do any of those things. <laughs> yes. He wasn't there. Yeah. But yet he identified himself with his nation, his people, and took responsibility for that and then took the problem to God in prayer. So you're saying the, the, a, a father does that. That's right. And I said, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to identify with the things that I have done in my life to my kids and fix that. But with other people, to be a father to them, I have to identify with the junk that happened in their life. Yes. My, let me inter, inter, intercede here for just a moment. My listening friends, you fathers, you men, listen to what he's saying, because this is really a key uh, of God's strategy to bring us together into him. So anyway, what I, what I would do is we put on these seminars, and at the end of the seminars, we would offer a father's blessing. And I would have people come up and repent for things I knew that earthly fathers did. Wow. The response was phenomenal. It was surprising to me. I and didn't a lot of know. tears, no doubt, yes. as well, huh? <laughs> and so I said, that in part is what God wants us to be doing, and God is in fact doing that for us. He is interceding for us. He has the heart to return us all. Now, I look at my nation as a nation and what we have done, and I look what we did to the Indians. So I look what we've done to the to the blacks and slavery and so forth. And my sense is I need to go to these other men and women of God and repent for stuff that has been done to them and ask their forgiveness because what that does is it releases them from that burden. Yes. And it allows God to touch their heart and bring them through and get them freedom. So, Along the way, one of the things that spoke to my heart very strongly, uh, and Pastor Dennis here helped me get there, is if he and I have the same father, what does that make us? Oh, that's so good. That makes us brothers. (laughs) We are related. We're family members. Yes, we're not as functional as we should be, but I don't know of any family uh, natural families and, and <laughs> inherited families that are fully functional. I'm just getting a picture about the Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. table just recently. So, a lot of people can identify with what you just now said. This, this is true, not only with races, Chinese, Mexican, uh, Hispanic, whatever they are, it's also true with people that have the wrong religion. Part of my job is to go to them and present the truth so they can find the true father to move on. Yes, but also not with condemnation. A lot of people do that with, oh, if you don't do this, you're going destined to hell. A father doesn't do that. And so part of of your mantle is the compassion of a father as well to lead somebody along instead of forcing them along. Well, one one of the things we we talk about, uh, I, I make the statement, we do not go to hell because of sin. Unpack that a little bit. Oh, well, I'm going to say that because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're all qualified to go. (laughs) Okay? 
we go because we don't receive our Father through Jesus Christ. Ooh. Okay, so that's the solution to the problem. It's not just being, and we, and we try not to sin again, but the solution is getting our to our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Wayne, that is so remarkable. My listening friend, you know, sometimes we can look back in our life and go, I wish I had that word of wisdom back when I was making all these mistakes. First of all, how the Father sees us to bring us unto him, but also how we as individuals who can carry pieces of that Father mantle to impact other people as well. Wayne, and I've observed you, I have to... uh, give you high accolades, you are definitely a father, not only to your kids and to your nieces and nephews galore, but also to so many other people within the kingdom of God here in San Diego County and beyond. My listening friend, I hope this is uh, wrenching your heart a little bit because God desires us to comprehend the father's love. You know, the the prodigal, I mean, he just, the father saw him coming, then he dropped everything and he just ran to greet him. And the, the prodigal had all these things he wanted to say and uh, it didn't really matter. The father says, come on back. Well, he, he, there were two sons. Yes. And even the, the one that stayed didn't understand the father's love. Yes. They were brothers. They went different directions and different routes and so forth. They both didn't understand the father's love. Yes. And the father loved them both, wanted them both. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around the panel to have their insights, and I'm going to come back to you to close this segment. I want you to uh, induce the father's love, declare the father's love over the people as we go into the next segment, okay? Uh, Reverend uh, Wayne Clark, uh, Simple Truth, uh, not a Simple Truth Ministries of... His dwelling place. His dwelling place. Forgive me. Okay, so I'm going to go around to the panel here and ask the panel members to give insights of what uh, Father Wayne had to say about the Heavenly Father. Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach. Wayne is like my big brother, (laughs) Uh, uh, and and I enjoy him and Earl. We we connect uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I I like the word align. Oh, that's good. You know, when your when your vehicle is out of alignment, it runs real rough. It, the, the tires, you can yeah. feel it. It's unbalanced. There's no balance. But when there's alignment in our identity with the Father, that's good. Everything is real good. It's like <laughs> ooh wee ooh wee. <laughs> Earl Clampett, Simple Truth Ministries. My takeaway on this, uh, in trying to connect the dots here, is that eternal life is a person. John seventeen three, and this is eternal life that they may know you. No, not mentally, but no heart-wise, relationally. The one true God and Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Wow. And are you starting to see, my listening friend, uh, a pattern form here, a pattern of God's love and how that love is not only to bring us unto him, but to bring us unto one another. I, I'm excited to hear the, the takeaway from Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Rabbi? You know, when as I was listening to you, I was thinking about my life, and I I am really here due to my father instilling within me not just provision and protection, but a strong identity in who I was as a Jewish believer in Messiah. He made sure that I didn't have a schizophrenic sense of identity. He put it straight within me, and I believe I'm here. My father was a Messianic rabbi before me. I said, I'll never do what my father's going to do, and look what happened. But, (laughs) Dad, if you're listening, thank you so much. Oh, my, my. So, Wayne, I'm going to have you give a a proclamation to to, to people about the father's love and how it relates to them. This is a blessing of trust and healing. Father God has promised you that he will never leave you or forsake you. He has not abandoned you. His perfect love casts out all fear. Rest in his love. Receive from your heavenly Father all the Father's blessing that you crave from from your earthly Father. 
Be blessed with life-changing encounters with the Father heart of God. Be blessed to receive his perfect healing that can make you whole. Allow him to bring healing, recovering, and restoration of your broken trust. Your Father's best healing work restores your heart and soul according to his design that he had for you before he laid the foundations of the world. As you drink in your Father's love, he will re-innocence you restoring your childlike faith and trust. Oh, wow. Wayne Clark, thank you, my, my friend. I'll tell you what, our hearts in, in the studio are just palpitating with, with what the Holy Spirit is doing here. My listening friend, one of the things that Wayne said in his dissertation here was he's talking about this, when you comprehend the Father, when you comprehend the Father's love, uh, what, no matter what people group you are, and he mentioned Afro-Americans, he, he, uh, Asians, and so forth, but he also mentioned the Indians, the American Indians. So I thought that was appropriate because of our next segment, we're going to spend some time with the American Indians and talk about uh, the, the forgiveness that needs to happen reciprocally uh, on that and see how God is going to knit together all people groups, including the Native Americans, or as we say, the uh, First Nation people. My listening friend, uh, aren't we having a remarkable time? And the first hour is concluded. We're going to dive into the second hour when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1 North County. AM 1210 San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. My friends, there's quite a tapestry forming here as we look into solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with the Father. What a remarkable topic and what a remarkable group of uh, uh, panelists that we have here. Uh, Reverend Earl Clark with Simple Truth Ministries, Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Tree of Life Ministries, uh, Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation, uh, Wayne Clark of His Dwelling Place, uh, Pastor Dennis Hodges of Church of Yeshua HaMashiach. And uh, we talked in the last segment about how the different uh, tribes and tongues and nations, and even we talked a little bit about the uh, what we call the uh, the tribal nations or the Native Americans um, or what we call the First Nation as well, uh, we're going to be talking with a person who is involved and an advocate for the First Nation people. But I'm going to ask Earl Clampett to join with me here as we walk through some things because we want to talk a little bit about uh, the Christian faith as it relates to the tribes. And uh, Mary Goodison is going to be on with us in just a moment. But We want to talk about the Christian uh, faith within the tribes, what that looks like, and uh, the tribal customs and how all these things have pointed to a father, and they're beginning to realize that that father is the heavenly father. We'll also talk about the persecution and healing, as Wayne Clark talked about, that a father needs to come and intercede on these things. So uh, I think, Earl Clampett, let's introduce Mary Goodison. Mary, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay, well, Earl... Says hi. hi. Hi, Mary. How are you? <laughs> Appreciate your calling in. Yes, yes, yes. So why don't we give the stage to you, Mary Goodison. Uh, you're, you're actually an advocate for the, the, uh, the, the, the tribal people or the First Nation people. So jump on in, and uh, Earl and I will interject color commentary as you go. Mary Goodison. Okay. <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for letting me be able to share. I appreciate this. 
It's a pleasure. Um, I know one of the things that they uh, was being asked is uh, my concept of the one new man, and I actually got this from uh, a native leader who's been around for a while. He's not with us anymore, but he mentioned the word, and I thought that's exactly what it is. And it's that the one new man is unity in diversity. Say that again, Murray. Unity in diversity. That's that speaks to us as Gentiles in different churches as well. But you're talking about it from a tribal, a tribal yes. perspective, aren't you? But, yes, I am. And uh, basically, that even with all of our differences, we can learn to walk together with understanding. That's the main key: is the understanding. Wow. And. Uh, in a, in a few minutes, I'll share a little bit about my ancestral background so you can kind of get an understanding in, in that direction. Very good. So where would you like to go from here? I know that you have a few notes that you wanted. I want you to make sure that you check everything off because I know you have so many wonderful things to say. At, at the conclusion of this, I think, my friend, we're going there, there's to... A, there's a canvas and we're painting a picture about unity in the body of Christ and one new man and how it relates to every tribe, nation, and tongue. And Mary Goodison uh, has some insights from a tribal perspective perspective. So, uh, Mary, continue, and uh, we'll, okay. we'll see where this goes. Okay. Uh, first of all, we are all on a life journey, every one of us, and we all have an ancestral past. We also have the present that we live in, and then at the end of our journey on Earth, we will come full circle with Creator Father, just like it was in the beginning. And are you saying that this is really uh, has been a, 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 ma- a mantra for, for the uh, the, the Indian, the, tri- the tribal people, and, and God is giving them revelation of how this really relates to his heart. So we, we've got about uh, five minutes or so in this, so I'll temper your comments accordingly. So go ahead, Mary. Uh, well, the Native culture has always been aware of this circular time, and, and they are very much aware of the spirit world. Uh, the ones who have come to know Yeshua Jesus have no problem accepting the works of the spirit because they know about the spirits and about the knowledge of the enemy, which uh, many of them call the trickster. And because of their love for him and faith in him, their lives had become even more balanced with Creator Father, who they knew, they more acknowledged him than knew him. So so it's a little bit different. Uh, Many tribes have a place of emergence, which is a beginning, so to speak. Uh, My Pueblo ancestors have the Kiva, and in the Kiva is a sacred place where our people first emerged from darkness to light, so to speak. Uh, it's where we met caretaker of the Eris, and there was he gave us a sacred quest, which was to find the center place. And the center place is more than a location. It's in the spirit realm. It's traveling from place to place in the physical. It's testing it while we live there and finding balance with the natural world, but also with Creator Father. And as we traveled, they were, uh, they were to take care of the earth. Natives knew that earth was always a temporary place to live in, and so they were cared for it. And it gave them a sense of a thankful heart through that, because for generations they had prayers of thanksgiving for everything that came from the earth, for their sustenance and for their survival. So giving thanks was what brought balance in the natural world with them, and it also kept their hearts centered in our worship toward him. That's good, Mary. You know, I, it reminds me of a scripture in Romans one twenty. I'm going to use it a little bit out of context because that was really a, a a disclaimer to those who fell away from God. But those who pursue God, and it would be work with the Hebrews as well, who embrace the Hebrew feasts and festivals and signs and 
uh, all these other things uh, and seasons, but also with with the with the Indian people, the, the scripture says in Romans one that since the creation, the whole world, uh, the invisible attributes of God were clearly seen by the things and understood by the things that He made, even His eternal power and Godhead. So you're the 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 tribal people had an appreciation for the natural things, uh, the the things in nature, and it was an easy step if you look for it to uh, uh, credit the heavenly Father. Uh, and his son, Jesus Christ. Would that be accurate? Yes, it was. Wow. Can we talk just a little bit about the persecutions that you've, you've gone through, that, that the, that the uh, Indian people have gone through, and, the, and many of the tribes also um, have, have gone through, and some of the stories that relate to those persecutions and how God may be bringing you out of those persecutions into uh, a, a, a perspective of an intimate father-child relationship? Well, uh, all the native tribes have had old stories about different strangers coming with a message, so that was open to them. And uh, so bringing the good message about Yeshua, Jesus, his death, his resurrection, eternal life, all this was correct, but it was the way that it was done was not right. And, and not all of them, but the majority of them brought this message in a bad way. So it came so that generations... You know, because of the physical pain, the emotional from came from condemnation, persecution for so many years. There was generations of Native people who didn't want anything to do with the message of Yeshua, Jesus. But this was not Creator's way. This was not Creator Father's way. And eventually, Creator Father, <clears throat> because I know that Creator Father himself is the one who sent his son, Yeshua, Jesus, to all people a long time ago. Yes. So the message of the sacred road teaches that eternal life is to know you, the only true God, and to know Yeshua, Jesus, the one you sent. So they were aware of these strangers coming for the message, but because it was brought in the wrong way, that was the rejection that came across. Oh, my. And Wayne Clark, in the last segment, was talking about Father's love. Father's love circumvents those things. A lot of times the preachers errantly... uh, use condemnation to try to bring people to uh, Father God, and that was the wrong approach. And I think the uh, Native American, the, you, you know, the um, First Nation people are real sensitive people on things like that, and that was really the wrong approach to go. Uh, let me ask Earl, where, where, where do we want to go on this to close this out with Mary? Mary, let me ask you a question. Um, if If... <laughs> identificational repentance was to be brought to the native tribe, say through a Wayne Clark, who would step into the shoes as Daniel did in chapter 9 for, on behalf of the nation of Israel and say, you know, there were things that our people did wrongly against your, uh, your, your folks. Um, how would the natives receive that, and what difference would it make in bringing together the one new man? Great question. Well, actually, it has been being done by different small groups of people uh, from from the non-native people towards the native people, and they have accepted it uh, very well. I, you know, I'm not saying all natives, but the Christian, the ones who have come to know Yeshua Jesus, see that heart of forgiveness in there. In fact, uh, uh, the sacred road that we follow teaches humility. And within that humility, you'll find forgiveness, because humility has been the key for the way of forgiveness with Native people who are experiencing this. Um, so they themselves, are, they themselves are taking steps toward forgiveness. They've got groups who have gone to different places and actually declared forgiveness toward the government, the churches, the institutions, 
all these places that have wronged them. So, and I know that forgiveness is the beginning to bring healing between people. But it's not only been one-sided or our side. We've actually had groups of non-Native people who have actually done ask for forgiveness from our people. And it's basically the Natives who have come to know Yeshua Jesus are open to that in spite of the pain and, you know, the background that they have. Oh, my. So they are very open to that. The main, the main problem that was the issue many years ago was, and, and seems to be to a degree, is that because they say it doesn't mean pain is completely gone. Oh, wow. That's exactly right. You know, one of the, I I hate to be, uh, put a period at the end of the sentence here because we're on a time constraint, but uh, let me tell you something, Mary Goodison, you have tapped into something here, and this is where Father's love really needs to take effect, not only with the uh, First Nation people, but also with all the other people groups as well. When we can get that forgiveness heart cry among the body of Christ, then amazing things are going to happen. So yeah. uh, we're running short on this time, but Mary Goodison, thank you for sharing the uh, the insights from First Nation people, and uh, we're, we're just honored to have you share some insights which are going to help us comprehend this whole picture of one new man. Mary Goodison, thanks for taking some time out from your busy schedule to join us here on this segment. Okay, thank you. It's I a pleasure. My, my listening friend, I'm not going to have time to bring the whole panel in on this segment, but we're going to be bringing the panel back for future segments as well. But on our next segment, we're going to bring in uh, Pastor uh, Dennis Hodges of uh, the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach, and we're going to also bring in Reverend Wayne Clark of his dwelling place. And uh, Pastor Dennis is going to talk a little bit about how all these, you know, we've we've got to homogenize, we've got to tie together everything we've heard in the first hour and what Mary said. So they're going to kind of give overviews of uh, love of the Father as... as, uh, uh, Dennis Hodgson t- talked about in his segment, and also well, how how the father love uh, plays a role in this. And Wayne uh, Wayne Clark of his dwelling place, and Dennis Hodges of Church of Yeshua Hamashiach are going to tie this together in the next segment. And buckle up because we have not completed this. In fact, there's so much more. And I know that you realize from the Holy Spirit that He's stirring you into this Father's love, so that you and I can be this one new man. My Listening friends, we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Well, thank you. You know, this is coming together. Holy Spirit's having his way as we're starting to understand and com- comprehend God's plan for this one new man uh, attached to uh, Father God and his love for us. You know, uh, I had a a pastor friend years ago. He used to use a book of Hebrews, a phrase that says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but so much the more uh, fellowshipping with one another, so much the more as you see the day approaching. He used to use a a different analogy there that assembling is different than just collecting. You know, and on Christmas, if you get a a toy or a gift and it says some assembly required, uh, you've got the parts gathered, but they are not not functional until they've been assembled. And what God wants to do in this one new man, he wants to not only gather us together, we're familiar with gathering, but he wants to assemble us together into a cohesive single unit with uh, with many different uh, 
facets to it. So what we're going to be talking about in this segment, I'm going to be bringing on Pastor Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach and uh, another father figure within San Diego County, Reverend Wayne Clark of his dwelling place. And they're going to talk about father's love and also um, being a father yourself and exuding that love as well. But we're going to tie this whole thing together now. We've used the first hour to kind of... to, to spread things out on the table. Now we're going to eat of it. So I'm going to a- a- ask um, uh, Pastor Dennis Hodges of the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach to begin things, and you and Wayne jump on in as we talk further about the Father's love. And you may want to speak a little bit about what Mary Goodison said as well. So yeah, go, I do, I do, I do. Uh, she talked about that journey piece and earth being a temporary place. And that reminded, that took me to Scripture, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeting away out of <laughs> Psalms 39 and 4. You know, to make the best use of our life, we, we must never forget two truths, uh, Cass. First, compared with eternity, life is extremely brief compared with eternity. Second, earth is only a temporary residence and, and, and you won't be here so long, so don't get too attached. <laughs> you know, you know I, and in the first hour, we looked at 1 John 3. We looked at first John two and John tells us in our chapter that we have not experienced all that we're going to be when we get to heaven. Yes. There is in store for us crowns associated with our life on earth. And there is coming a new name for each of us that Yeshua will give us. Yes. Um, There is also coming the literal encounter with him. Uh, There is coming an inheritance from our, of our father. And there is also our future, our own position in glory. There is our future leadership and positions of honor over the nations. And then there is close encounters of the Jehovah kind. I like that. Yes, yes. There, There is the privilege to eat from the tree of life. Uh, there is coming the day when we get to see our name in the book of who's who in heaven. Yes. It's not who's Zoom and who in the zoo. Is it who's who in heaven? <laughs> And the Lamb's Book of Life. And think about this. Our names will be beside names like David, the Melech of Israel, <laughs> David, the King of Israel, Moshe, and Kepha, and Yitzhak, and Jeremiah, or Jeremiah. Guys and girls who are known only by one name. My, my. But we ourselves will be there right next to others with outstanding reputation. And you, you use the word we, and that's exactly right. It's not a me, my, mine. It's no. a we, us, our. And one of the things that God wants to do is to have us change the mentality from me, my, mine, me, my, my, self, my, my life, my lifestyle, and me, my, uh, my denomination or my doctrinal beliefs. It's together he wants us to do this as a family, and we can't get there without comprehending the Father's love and how he's going to be knitting this together. Wayne Clark, uh, talk us a little bit more about the Father's love as it relates to everything we've heard so far in the first hour or so. The, the, the thing that's coming to my mind right now is we as men, fathers, just people, are supposed to forgive people for things that they have done. And and the one of the definitions of forgiveness is canceling a debt. Mm-hmm. And my nation has done horrible things to Pastor Dennis and his people. And it's hard when you've gone through this pain to 
cancel the debt or forgive people. Mm, wow. But it helps if someone will come up to them and say, I recognize what I did. I recognize what my people did. Will you cancel that debt for me because I was wrong? And just saying that is going to take part of the burden off the, the picture here to pull people together. Wow. But it has to be said. It has to be said, and it, it takes a level of uh, uh, humility to be the one who says that, doesn't it? And, and that's true, but I keep going back to this guy, Daniel, and he did it for his nation yes. and his people, so I know it's Bible. Yes. I know that's what the Father's heart of God wants me to do to help these other people sense and feel the Father heart of okay, God. Okay, Wayne, would you extrapolate this to our listeners, these these people? And, and sometimes, if you're a female listening to this, there's also the mother's heart as well. So would you extrapolate this from them? I'm, I'm going to have... Uh, uh, what or, do you mean or, by a strap? You, you're speaking on a general term. I want you to speak to the listeners about what they need to do to be able to have this level of compassion to other people as a father or mother uh, figure among them. Well, let me let me just declare something over. There, I like it. Okay. I want you to choose to trust. I want you to choose to get, trust God today. Choose to believe in your heart that he is kind to you. He is good, loving, approachable, and and accepting. And choose to bind your own will to the Holy Spirit and the healing alignment of God. What you do is you want to bind yourself to God so you can be his heart to these other people. Be his heart Mm. to these other people. That's remarkable. And when we do that, uh, we're not pushing people away. We're inviting other people. And, and when you have that heart attitude of contrition, they're more likely to come in rather than they think that there's rules that they have to obey to get there. That's right. And, <laughs> and so when I'm going to someone, I'm saying, you know, I'm just a normal guy, a dad. I've made all the mistakes you can make and so forth. But I want you to feel the love that God has, and I'm asking you to choose me to do it. My, my, my. Dennis Hodges, thank you for your insights on this, and, and Wayne Clark as well. Now, the other two panel members, I want some insights on what you've heard so far and how this relates to what you, you've shared, and and and, and uh, um, we'll take it from there. So, Earl Clampett, Simple Truth Ministries, what insights have you gleaned from uh, our two Dennis Hodges and Wayne Clark insights? I was with uh, Pastor Wayne for probably a good 15 years as an assistant over there, and um, I actually he trained me on how to do the Father's blessing after a three day seminar. That we'd always finish up that way. We'd always that'd be the wrap up. And I'm telling you, Kaz, the catharsis of release mm-hmm. when people. I'm not going to say salvation here. I'm going to call it another word, which is deliverance. Wow. They get delivered from bitterness. They get delivered from unforgiveness. They get delivered from resentment. And basically, they've been in these Satan-constructed jails for decades. And this is a mechanism by which God, you know, is saying, look, I sent my son not to take you to a place, but to get you out of jail, Mm -hmm. to get you free. I I came to set the captives free. And this this, uh, tool is an, an amazing tool of release and liberty and freedom in the Lord.
Wow, in the Lord as one new man. Many different people have different pieces of that puzzle to bring this together. And if we listen and are obedient to it, uh, God's ways are going to be absolutely uh, remarkable. My friend, it's time for San Diego and we believers in San Diego to uh, embrace that. And I know Rabbi Joel has some insights as well. Rabbi Joel Lieberman, Tree of Life, Messianic Jewish Congregation. Give it to us. Yeah, I think the issue that Mary brought up and and Pastor Wayne was actually offering to her was the identificational repentance. Now, whatever you believe about that biblically, I know with at least Jewish people that that is a game changer. When the Christian world can go to our Jewish people and repent for things done over the last 2,000 years, done in the name of, quote-unquote, Christianity— that is a salve. That is medicine on the hearts of my people that even us as Messianic Jews can't give that medicine. You have the medicine. So I, I was listening to Mary that her concept of this one new man is unity and diversity. I say amen and amen. And she says, you know, the native people have no problem with accepting the works of the Holy Spirit. They are primed for revival. It would not shock me if God began to just pour <laughs> out his spirit upon them because they, no, they have no problem with the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit in their yes. lives as well. Wow, wow, wow. Rabbi Joel, we're going to be... Uh, inviting you to spend uh, the lion's share of the next segment with some further insights. If you listen to uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman, Tree of Life uh, Messianic Congregation, you will hear he's a man that actually knows how to to weave together stories to command attention. And within those stories, it's like Jesus's parables. It commands you to make a decision and go further. So would you uh, take the helm on the next segment? Absolutely. uh, uh, Rabbi, and because we're going to we're we're all talking about uh, solving the mystery of one new man, and my friend, what a wonderful panel that we have here, and uh, we're going to invite uh, Rabbi Joel to give some insights to help tie this all together in the waning uh, uh, two segments of this two-hour broadcast. My listening friend, we will be do not go away right <laughs> back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Joel Lieberman from Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Lord, we just do lift up the entire region of San Diego from Vista to Chula Vista. Lord, it says in the Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. We pray a spirit of unity over our city. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, amen. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. <laughs> my, my listening friend, uh, a, a while back, probably almost a year ago now, I, I built uh, opens and uh, of, of different pastors and leaders in San Diego County to proclaim uh, into the San Diego County uh, a, a word uh, for that county. And it was just coincidental that, uh, that Rabbi Joel Lieberman just gave his declaration uh, as the intro to this segment. And guess who we have in this segment? Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Trio of Life Messianic congregation. I mean, this is definitely a God thing. I mean, there's eight or ten people in rotation, and here it it was with Rabbi Joel Lieberman. Uh, So there you go. So I think we've already set you up, haven't we, Rabbi? You know, my listening friend, one of the things that I've discovered when I've uh, come to know more greatly uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman, Tree of Life uh, Messianic Congregation, he knows 
about the unity from a different perspective than you and I would. It's the unity that is also tied with the Gentile and the Jew. And he uses some analogies that command attention. He did when I met him a few years ago, and I think he wants to share some of those analogies right now as we bring together this truth uh, in the last couple segments here about the mystery of one new man by having a relationship with Father God. Rabbi Joel, isn't that funny? Kaz, it's, it is funny. And, you know, it, it, the analogy that the Lord dropped in my heart many years ago was that this unity was going to look like a man buttoning up his shirt. Now, when I was younger, I would button it from the bottom up, and it would, of course, get all cattywampus because that's not how you button a shirt. You button it from the top down, right? If you get the top button right, all the other buttons sync up. We get Jew and Gentile buttoned up right. Black and white get buttoned up right. Mm. Hispanic, Asian get buttoned up right. Native American. Every every disunity gets worked because you're buttoning from the top down. And so it's a great analogy to seeing unity in the body of Messiah by bringing together both the Jew and the Gentile, which of all the schisms in human history has to be the granddaddy schism of them all, right? Even greater than what we see in America, considering what we call racism today between white and black. What this reconciliation looks like, I'm going to run through it quickly, Kaz, with you, is termed by Paul, life from the dead. Romans chapter 11, if your listeners have a Bible or the smartphone, actually don't text when you're driving, don't, don't do this, just listen to it, verse 11, chapter 11, Paul writes, in that case I say, isn't it that they have stumbled with the result that they have permanently fallen away? Heaven forbid, quite the contrary, Paul writes, it is by means of their stumbling that the deliverance has come to the Gentiles in order, here's the key, to provoke them to jealousy. You see, these Roman Gentile believers were saying that the Father gave the Jewish people a hardened heart to make them fall so that they would never get up again. And Paul says, chas v'shalom, may it never be. In the light of God's faithfulness, Paul writes, this is an unthinkable proposition. They've stumbled, but it was not for the purpose of them falling irrevocably. See, here's Paul's interpretation of the stumbling or the hardening, that it's, it's not a forever hardening, that it's not they're under a curse, to let them be punished type of hardening. no. Part, it's part of God's plan for the Gentiles. Wow. Paul says here that the Father is bringing the Gentiles in because he's still working on Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Now, my friends, you might consider explaining to your Christian friends out there in your lives that God's grace was originally coming to the Jewish people, has come to them now, that they could receive the Jewish Messiah in order that they might bring Jewish people back to their own Messiah. Now, if every Christian on this planet understood this, The world, my friends, would be a very different place. Instead, many Christians think that God brings his grace to the Jewish person in order to make them a Christian. You see the difference there? Wow. See, Paul says that God foreknew the hardening of the hearts of the Jewish people, that there would be a remnant that would be saved, a remnant throughout all of history. And at the same time, there was a wonderful thing. This was a great thing as far as the mercy and grace that God was going to share with the Gentiles. But Paul exhorts here, never let it be said, he says, that the Gentiles have become the epitome, the ultimate of God's plan. I know I'm stepping on some toes here tonight. And yet when we look at Christian history, not more than 80 years after the writing of this document, things began to go awry and the purposes of God began to be perverted. He says in verse 12, moreover, if their stumbling is bringing riches to the world, that is, if Israel's being placed temporarily in a condition less favored than that of the Gentiles is bringing riches to the Gentiles, how much greater riches Will Israel in its fullness bring them? Wow. It's powerful. He says if the hardening of the majority of our people, the Jewish people, becomes riches for the whole world, if the failure of our people to obtain all the promises right then in that first century became riches for the Gentiles, then Gentile believers 
should be thanking our Jewish people, not saying that we were rejected. You see, rather than looking disparagingly into the Jewish world and the Jewish people and the hardness of some of our hearts, Gentile believers, Paul says, should be living in gratitude that in the future, God is going to bring a fullness back to our Jewish people. Now, in addition, just as the Father used the stumbling of my people as a means of bringing salvation to you guys, so now he's using the salvation among you guys in order to bring us us to jealousy. In other words, the Gentile salvation in itself is a means of bringing that same salvation to Israel to whom it was promised. But unfortunately, we have a problem, don't we? History, 2,000 years of it. Those who call themselves, we mentioned it last segment, Christians have not only provoked the Jewish people to jealousy, have not done that, but have engendered fear and repugnance, whether by crusades, pogroms, the Holocaust, etc., or by even replacement theology, so that our Jewish people, instead of being drawn to love the Jewish Messiah Yeshua, They've actually come to ignore him or hate him outright. And Paul's command and his challenge here to these non-Jewish believers in Rome was to provoke us to what? To jealousy. We should be able to look at you guys, the Gentile believers, and see in your lives, holy lives, peaceful lives, the fruit of the Spirit, ethical lives, honorable lives, and become jealous and want for them own, themselves what you all is making you different. Let me, let me inter- interject special. here just very Absolutely. quickly, Rabbi, and that is... Uh, what Wayne was talking about, uh, the fathers of asking forgiveness on behalf of, uh, you know, uh, other people as well. I know that it's said, but I'm going to just do it for the sake of this broadcast. As a Gentile Christian, let me say how sorry I am for the Christian faith abusing and uh, demeaning the Jews uh, without really understanding that uh, the Jews uh, were actually the the people who brought this truth uh, and and the scriptures to us so that we could uh, embrace them, and we have done an injustice to you. Some people even unknowingly have been involved in anti-Semitism or a replacement theology or also known as supersessionism. This is something that uh, it tears God's heart apart because this whole one new man has to be Jew and Gentile uh, come together like the early New Testament That's book of Acts came in. It, it, The film is being reversed. So, That's how we're going out. Us. So I believe... And we accept that forgiveness. Let me tell you, uh, Peter says, by your good deeds, you would put to silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. And so words are incredible and they're healing. But not only is the Christian world doing words now, now they are actually bringing our Jewish people back to Zion on their shoulders. They're putting their financial uh, wherewithal behind them and it is becoming life from the dead. I believe, Kaz, uh, in closing here, that if every Christian congregation in this world began to develop a heart for the Jewish people to come back to know their own Messiah and to remain as Jews. These are the most precious Christian brothers and sisters that we can ever ask for. My friends, these people are gold. And as Messianic Jews, we need to treat them that way. And we need to appreciate them. Why? Because they're very few and far between. My brother here from another mother, Pastor Dennis from the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach. I'm already provoked to jealousy by his Hebrew tonight. I mean, if you're not spitting HaMashiach, you're not doing it right. He's spitting. But in Paul's day, most Gentiles were like that. They came to know the Messiah. They understood it was a Jewish faith. But where did they go for training? Yes, exactly. Okay, uh, uh, Dennis Hodges, Church of uh, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach. <laughs> That's, that's my okay. brother. That's my oh, brother. Okay. A brief overview here because I want to go around here on the other panel members and then we're going to take a break and come back with something remarkable. Okay, let me this. say this. When we encounter the person called love, we also get the blessing of the person called truth. Come on. 
and 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 truth keeps us from becoming deceived by the person called the deceiver. But truth says, look at the deceiver. He's wrong and don't listen, no buy into his lies about the family that we're now a part of. So the person of truth is there in our lives to keep reminding us that love, Ahava, wants us to serve the family. Truth teaches us about the importance of the family values of Ahava, Hebrew for love. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, one new man uh, in Messiah and uh, returning us to the Father's uh, heart. Uh, Wayne Clark, what's your insight here as we close up this segment? I, I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed by these guys here tonight. I'm just having a great time. The This understanding that God's heart wants to be in all of us, and as we grab his heart to the degree we can and understand it and just share that with each other, we're going the right direction. Wow, wow, wow. Earl, Earl Clampett, uh, I know you're going to be spending some time as, as a judge and lawyer. You're going to tie all these things together in the next segment. A very, very brief thought here. We're going to connect the dots. I'm going to talk about a marriage ceremony um, and also meeting the father as part of that marriage ceremony. And uh, the bride and groom need some place in, in which to dwell. And we're going to talk about a building project. Okay. My listening friend, there was the, the promo for the last segment, uh, Earl uh, clamp at uh, Simple Truth Ministries and the panel and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Okay, solving the mystery of one new man by connecting with our Heavenly Father. Remarkable topic, and we've dealt with it uh, as extensively as we could in the in uh, uh, an hour and 45 minutes so far. We've got one more segment here, and I'm going to invite Judge Earl Clampett uh, to give some insights here. He is with Simple Truth Ministries, an author as well. But you know, one of the things, uh, Earl, that I've noticed is is there's a legal component to this as well, and you as a judge and a lawyer can blend the, the whole idea about uh, well, the one new man, and there's a there's a, a legal component, which is something as well. But I'm going to just kind of hand it over to you and take this where you want to go in this segment, and you've got four seconds. Go. Right. <laughs> the legal component is too long to describe tonight. I will say I'm going to give a shameless plug for the book that's coming out in a couple of months, which is called Homecoming. That's my third book. And the, the uh, subline, the subtitle is How the Mystery of the New Covenant Brings Both Jew and Gentile Back to Abba Father. Ooh. That'll be out in a couple of months. And I talk about um, covenants and the fact that they are agreements, they're contracts. And the reason that's important is because, you know, you never get to know somebody until you get into a contract with them. Mm. I mean, have you ever been a tenant with a landlord? Have you ever been a landlord with a tenant? Well, you get to find out their nature and their character. And why is it that we have this Father God? who wants to reveal himself, but he always wants to make a contract, an agreement, a covenant. It's because through that mechanism, he reveals his nature and his characteristics to us to show all the things that he is. He's good. He's good all the time. He's faithful. He's uh, long-suffering, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to end with this, uh, Kaz. Um, I thought, how better than to just quote Ephesians chapter 2 tonight, where this is pretty much summarizes everything that we have been discussing this evening. And so you can't do better than the word, um, especially out of the complete Jewish study Bible. Therefore, remember your former state. Uh, Paul is addressing to Gentiles. You Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcised, 
by those who merely because of an operation of their flesh are called the circumcised. At that time had no Messiah. You were estranged from the national life of Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants, embodying God's promise. You were in this world without hope and without God. But now, you who were once far off have been brought near through the shedding of Messiah's blood, for he himself is our shalom, peace. He has made us both one and has broken down the mitzka, which is the wall which divided us by destroying in his own body the enmity occasioned by the Torah with its commands set forth in the form of ordinances. He did this in order to create in union with himself from the two groups. And this Bible says a single new humanity. The New King James says one One new new man. man. And thus make shalom in order to reconcile us both to God into a single body by being executed on the cross as a criminal and thus in himself killing that enmity. Three prepositions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. The three prepositions are in this same chapter. Here we go. Also, when he came, talking about Yeshua, he announced his good news, shalom, peace to you, far off and shalom to those to you nearby. News that, here we go, the three prepositions. News that through him, we both have access, here's the second preposition, in one spirit. So we're through him, being Yeshua, in one spirit. So we have through and in And here's the third preposition. Isn't this interesting? This is the goal. Back to the Father. Ooh. To to the Father. So you're no longer foreigners and strangers. On the contrary, you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's family. That's the unity we've been talking about. You've been built on a foundation of emissaries and prophets. Here, Listen to this. Here's the building project. The cornerstone being Yeshua Messiah himself. In union with him, the whole building is held together and growing into a holy temple in union with the Lord, yes, in union with him, you yourselves are being built together, here it is, into a spiritual dwelling place for God. Wow. This one new man is actually a spiritual dwelling place for Abba Father, and actually Abba Father and and, and Son and Holy Spirit as well. What a remarkable uh, visual that is. Uh, A quick comment on this, and then I'm going to have... Uh, the, our other panel members declare into this as we close the show. Well, when you're dating a, a, a lady and you have a courtship, uh, usually there comes a place, because we're going to be the bride of Christ, there comes a place where um, we get introduced to the Father. And in this case, Yeshua, Messiah, as our Messiah, Jesus, is going to introduce us, because we're going to get married. <laughs> and the new covenant is all about marriage. And he's going to say, I, want, I need you to introduce to our Father, I'm going to introduce you to him. And here's the thing. The, the new couple needs a, a house in which to dwell. So Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says, hey, you're going to be my dwelling place. Ooh, I like that. You're going to be my dwelling, dwelling place. Dennis Hodges, uh, a final proclamation and thought here as we how, close How this. do we keep from being led astray from our royal family? We listen to our Father's instructions. We honor our Father and his lifestyle, and we choose it as the only way. <laughs> One new man, that's God's whole heart cry is to bring us so intimately close to him. As It's kind of like climbing up a mountain. We each get closer to him, but by virtue of the apex of the mountain, we also get closer together. That's that one new man, one new family. And, and in fact, God wants to do that, bring intimate relationship. Uh, Father's insights from uh, our 
uh, earthly father friend, uh, Reverend Wayne Clark, his dwelling place? The, the truth is, I am incomplete. I can't be the father I want without the rest of you. I need the rest of you as part of me, and I, that has to be done or I'm not complete. Wow, wow, wow. My listening friend, I, I hope that uh, this is really striking your heart because God, his, his compassion, ever since the fall of Adam, he wants to bring us back into that one new man, that one who walks with him in the cool of the day and have intimacy with him eternally. And that's where, what he's planning. It's, it's, it's this whole cycle, and Earl talks about the circle as well in his books. Uh, uh, and that is that cycle of bringing us all back. And that has to include the Jew who was the... the early introducer, or as we would say, the, the uh, olive tree branch, and we wild olive trees together into this one new man. Joel, give us your proclamation here as we close this segment. This Here's hour. the proclamation. Here's the challenge for the listeners tonight. For nearly 2,000 years, there has been an unnecessary breach between mm-hmm. Jew and Gentile. Neither of us on either side have shown much interest in tearing down this barrier. Mm-hmm. But now, listeners, hear my heart. We've been given a mission for accomplishing what could not and cannot be done by coercion, preserving fellowship between Jews and Gentiles in the body of Messiah. In time, both groups are going to appreciate one what's available from the other. Non-Jewish believers are going to enjoy the richness of the Jewish root of the faith via Torah and other Jewish history, and Jewish believers are going to come into greater appreciation of the wisdom of the New Covenant Scriptures. Then Jew and Gentile truly can be one in the Spirit. Proclaim that over the people as we draw close. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time together tonight. We agree that San Diego is going to be experiencing a new revival. We thank you, Lord, that this rhema, this understanding, Lord, that even it says angels are having a difficult time understanding for such a time as this, Lord. So I agree with my my commander on my left, Commander Wayne, and Reverend Earl, and Pastor uh, Dennis, and, and Kaz. Lord, we are just men. But Lord, you are, you are sovereign and you declared the end from the beginning that all Israel shall be saved. And Lord, we have a part, both Jew and Gentile, in this revival. We thank you, Lord, San Diego will be revived. Use us in this hour all across this land, all across this county, all across the city, from Oceanside to Chula Vista, from Santee to Ocean Beach, in and, Yeshua's name. And all the panel said, Amen. Amen. Wow, we've had an interesting two-hour period of time. Uh, We hope that you've gotten the sense of God's heart because God wants to solve the ministry of one new man by connecting with our Father, my friend. Who is that going to involve? Look in the mirror. It includes Y-O-U. Thank you, uh, Earl Clampett, Pastor Dennis Hodges, Rabbi Joel Lieberman, and longtime friend Wayne Clark, and a special shout-out to Mary Goodison. Uh, This is Kaz Taylor. My friends, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.